Celtics lose to the Warriors, beat the Knicks, and, I don't know, maybe they'll play the Sixers. I'm going to talk about it all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep jump on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and James, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day and part of your daily routine. Remember, Locked On Celtics is free, it's available everywhere, and it's on YouTube. Make sure you're tuning into the YouTube show. You can see my slow transformation into Santa Claus on YouTube. Uh, every episode is available on LockedOnCeltics.com. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars which I have kind of now all over the place. You can buy a signed copy on my website, johncorrales.com, for $30. Uh, I think it's, well, it's December 20th. If you're local in Massachusetts, I think I can get this out to you in time for Christmas. So if you're looking for a last-second g- gift, I can I can get you this signed book uh, if you order, like, right now. And uh, I can get it in the mail. And hopefully, I think it can get there in time for Christmas. So check that out. Uh, so in this show later on in the third segment, going to look ahead to the Sixers game with Serena Winters, new host of the lockdown Sixers podcast. If they play that at all, second segment, I'll look at the next first segment here. Uh, I'll look at the, the Warriors game Celtics played on Friday, Saturday. They lost to the golden state warriors. They beat the New York Knicks on Saturday evening, but the Celtics have seven guys now in health and safety, including, including Josh Richardson, who just got out. This is so weird. Al Horford had COVID earlier this season. Then he, two months later, is back in health and safety protocol. That's mind-blowing. You still have Grant Williams out. Uh, the two two-way guys who would have had an opportunity, they go they go in. Hauser and Pinson, that's four. Uh, let's see if I can remember this off the top of my head. Jabari Parker is five. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez is six. And Josh Richardson now seven, it, which sucks because Josh, Josh is now – have he's played his two best games or his at least his best game as a Celtic against the Knicks. Well, I'll, I'll get into that in the second segment. Meanwhile, the Celtics still have uh, Romeo Langford, who got elbowed on, on top of the head early in this Warriors game. Jason Tatum, who apparently rolled sprained an ankle at some point during the Knicks game, which I missed. And Dennis Schroeder, who's been out with a non-COVID illness. So 10 players on the injury report. The Celtics tweeted it out. They did a three-tweet thread on their injury report. So that it's not great for the hospital Celtics right now. This is, this is about as bad as, as it's been the whole league. All of a sudden the whole league is just one after another, after another, the, the Sixers have like six or seven guys in the protocol. They're going to get a couple of G league guys to come in. So if this game is played tomorrow or later on tonight, the, the Celtics had better win this game because at least they have Tatum and Brown and Smart and Rob for now. For now, I don't want to jinx this because by the time you're listening to the all, all four guys could be in the COVID protocol for all we know. It's so wild. It's just how this is all going. Meanwhile, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out PrizePicks.com. Use the promo code NBA to get your 
or go to your app store, download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Celtics and the Warriors in the first game of the weekend. Celtics losing 111-107 to the Warriors. They they got down early and made a comeback, kept it close. Richardson made it close in this game. The Celtics uh, had were down 20. They cut it down to 10. Then in the second half, or, or the end of the first half, this was a, a brutal sequence. Now, they they lost by four, and obviously there were plenty of spaces in the game to, to change this uh, result, but it, it is a very poetic kind of injustice. The, the four-point play at the end of the first half, Steph Curry turns and is going to heave the ball from half court on the right side. Marcus Smart goes up to challenge that. Curry's jumping forward. And they called basically like a landing space type of foul on that play, which, which is just, it's wild that they made that call. But also, what's Marcus Smart doing challenging that close from half court? I know it's Steph Curry, but I mean, if it goes in, it goes in. So they gave Steph three free throws, and then may gets a tech on top of it, four free throws. So they had worked to cut a 20-point lead down to 10, and then all of a sudden, it's a 14-point lead again. That sucks because they lost by four, and they gave away those four points. But the Celtics did a lot um, to – look, they took a late lead. But the Warriors are the Warriors, and, and both sides have been hit hard. And the Celtics were really, really hurting. So this, this very much is a case of uh, the better team just beat a team that's uh, – not doing well right now that that's hurt the 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 warriors are the, you know they get Steph Curry they get Draymond Green they play they're consistent they they are the um the model i think that the Celtics need to follow they're very active on both ends they know who they are they play to their strengths they they are generally you know what you're going to get with the warriors from day to day do they have letdowns sure yeah, they they had to come back to beat the um to beat the Thunder in a game. I think they lost they lost the San Antonio. They you know, so they have their their moments, right? But you look at who the Warriors are, that ball movement, that ball pops. Yeah, you have your stars that go out there and you know, Steph's going to dribble dribble dribble, but he's Steph, right? And so he's going to get to the lane, he's going to get he's going to beat you off the dribble. He's going to fire some crazy shots. That's what he does. But that ball is generally moving. That ball is generally um, having a, a, you know, it's finding the right guy. Draymond is, is moving, I think, uh, moving the ball really, really well on, on a regular basis. So the Celtics should look at the Warriors and say, this is the team. This is who we want to be. That ball movement, that level of defensive intensity, the hands, the high hands when you're on defense – all of that stuff. I, I looked at that game and I said, this is what Ime is looking for. He This is the type of stuff. Now, Jason Tatum said after the game when I asked him about this, he made a good point. Look, the, defensively, yes. Defensively, that's effort and all of that stuff. And we should we should look at what they do and kind of, yeah, there, there's stuff to learn there. Offensively, they played to their personnel, which is absolutely true. But also, at the same time, the Celtics, you, you look at their personnel – there's no reason why they can't do some more. I'm not saying go out there and be the warrior, but as I, I wrote on Boston Sports Journal, find your inner warrior. 
find that that piece of what the Warriors do inside you. Tatum's not going to come off of 10 screens and run around like Steph Curry does. Steph Curry runs off of 10, 10 screens and, and runs around like he does because he's always been the smallest guy, and he, he's had to find a way to get open, and that's how he has to get open. Tatum, is he doesn't need to do all that stuff. Tatum is a much slower player, a much more deliberate player, which is it's fine, but that doesn't mean that you have to always be slow and deliberate. So, And he's been getting better at this. He's really been getting better at this. He threw a pass in this game, cross court to the corner to Aaron Neesmith for a three that was just uh, unbelievable, just a wonderful. How he saw it and how he got that pass there was was great and, and important for him to keep continue this level of development when it comes to his passing. So I, I think it's he's certainly making progress, but you know, let's keep pushing that progress. Um, I'm not I'm not too worried about the Warriors game. I'm not too worked up about the Warriors loss. I, I think they just were a a decimated team that had its, you know, a, a couple of lapses in the game, but the better team, the Warriors, they're the best team in the league right now, beat a team that is still struggling to find itself, but also was missing a lot of key players. No Al Horford in that game, no Grant Williams, no Dennis Schroeder, uh, important players for the Celtics. And, and who knows how things would have gone had that, had they been whole. And we say that a lot with this team, but I, I my my biggest takeaway from the Warriors game is I, I feel like Golden State came in and showed the Celtics, this is what you need to be. This is what you need to be as a basketball team. Move the ball, move yourself, all of that stuff. Like, watch what we do, and you guys go off and do that yourself. Just go ahead and mimic us to some degree. I think if the Celtics mimicked the Warriors – and their ball movement and the stuff, some of the stuff they do, not all of it, can't be all of it, but some of the stuff they do, they they can actually find some some level of unlocking their own offense there. The next game was another interesting game where the Celtics had it in control and then bad habits again, but thank you for Josh Richardson. Uh, best game as a Celtic, that is coming up next. First, I've got to tell you about Truebill. You know why these subscriptions that you sign up, these free trials, renew without your consent because businesses are out there to pocket your money and just trick you basically into giving up some cash. Truebill allows you to take control of your subscriptions. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you do not need or want or the ones you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill because companies make it hard to cancel these subscription. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You link your accounts. Truebill cancels your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Then your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you do not have to. I have been you know, hit by this. I, I had a subscription that renewed and I just completely slipped my mind. I looked at my bank account and said, whoa, no thanks. Now I had to go through all the steps to get that money back, Truebill would have saved me a huge headache and saved me time that I just didn't have to, to give up. Truebill has saved over 2 million users, more than $100 million. So do not fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA.
Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Hey, thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make Locked On NBA your second listen every day? Locked On NBA is uh, hosted by a rotating group of us on the Locked On Podcast Network, including me and Jake Madison on Wednesdays. So we've got the league covered. If you want to stay uh, informed on everything that's going on in the league, Locked On NBA will have you covered everywhere podcasts exist and on YouTube. The Knicks, the Celtics beat the Knicks uh, 114 to 107. Uh, it's kind of what the, the Celtics lost to the, the Warriors 111-107, and they turn around and beat the Knicks 114-107. Uh, that was a tight one. didn't have to be a tight one. The Celtics were up kind of comfortably in the first half. Then in the third quarter, they gave up a 41-24 to third quarter. They, they outscored New York 32-18, and it was fairly even 30-29 to in the second quarter. Then in the third quarter, pff, whole thing just goes to crap. And Ime has to call multiple timeouts. And this is this is where now the, the story of this game is Ime calls a timeout. And I noticed that he what, what normally happens in a timeout is the coaches kind of huddle over by the, the free throw line. They have their, you know, Ime has the clipboard, they talk, 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 talk. The guys sit there in the because the timeouts are fairly long. The guys sit there on the bench. They say what, you know whatever they need to say to each other. Get a drink, and then Ime comes down, sits down, has his clipboard, says what he's got to say, draws up the play, explains it, and they're off to try to get a stop and and to score. In this one, the the Celtics. I mean, uh, Ime Adoka calls a timeout. The Celtics sit and in, instead of like it looked like he was starting to walk towards his coaches, and he goes, "No, hold on one second turns around, sits down, and starts like leaning into like you can see him talking. You can see it's a little bit forceful. You can see guys nodding. Marcus Smart was like, okay, yeah, nodding. And then Marcus Smart starts clapping. And I'm like, okay, there's some sort of like message here. So Ime's, Ime's delivering something. Then he gets up, goes to his coaches, comes back with a play and all of that stuff. So I asked him what happened in that timeout after the game. And he said, I was livid. To be honest, uh, you know, we talked about the stuff that we did well in the first half. Then we came out in the second half and in the third quarter and we did the opposite. And so he called a couple of timeouts there and he was pissed. Like he was pissed. And Josh, after the game said he laid into us good. And that's what good coaches know they need to do. Sometimes we were bleeding. We needed to stop it and it wasn't happening. So we sat down and he let us have it as he should have. And then it continues. I think it was a good moment for him going forward. He kind of said in the locker room, I don't want to have, I don't want to have to do that. But I was like, no, no, we need that. I said that in front of everybody. That was good. We needed that. So this is a, a kind of critical moment here, it seems, for Udoka. Like the team is coming out. There's there's a bad habit. They're they're doing it again. They're doing it again. And then here comes Ime. He's like, you know what? Nope, I'm not going to be the same old guy. Like, I, I'm, I got something to say to you guys right now. And he leaned into them, and then they turned it around. After that, um, you know, the Knicks still had a little bit of momentum there, but the Celtics quickly took it back. Uh, Kemba Walker scoring scored 29 points, but he scored his 29th point midway. Uh, it was about four minutes to go, five minutes to go in the third quarter. Didn't score again after that. The Celtics defense 
clamped down after that. They got back to what they do. Uh, Josh Richardson was great. He had his best game as a Celtic. Josh finished with 27 points, 9 of 14 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3. 18 of his points came on perfect shooting after the three-minute mark. So when the Celtics needed him to kind of step up, he didn't miss a shot after with a 3-18 or something like that. He hit a three-pointer and just didn't miss shots after that and and scored 18 of his 27 in the the fourth and the last few minutes of the third. The response to... That 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 timeout that that moment there. Now we'll see how this resonates, how this carries out, how this moves forward. Because I wrote this after the the game on Boston Sports Journal, and I'm kind of curious. I am curious to see what you think about this. In a way, because I believe that in all of the like when bad things happen, there is somewhere in there generally like some sort of silver lining in in every bad thing. There is something generally, now it's, I don't think it's universal necessary, but it's, it's pretty close where you can say, Hey, there's something, there's something positive here. We can glean something positive from. And so when it comes to the Celtics frustrating third quarters where you're like, what the hell are these guys doing again? These lapses that they have, these are opportunities for Udoka to say, okay, um, I'm going to challenge you guys. I'm going to challenge you guys to perform. I'm going to challenge you guys to break these habits. And it seems like there's a little bit of obstinance. He, he definitely compared it to raising a kid. I, I was like a month ago or so. I brought it up on the podcast. He said, you know, you, you can tell a kid something. They're not going to, they're not going to do it on their first or second or third, you know, the third time you tell them eventually though, if you stand firm, they will understand and this is in a lot of ways a habit that these are habits that are so deep that yeah, it's going to take a few and Ime's resolve is, I don't know if it's being tested, but it's, it's here. It's going to be on, it's on display when he leans into these guys and they have to respond that if, if Josh Richardson is correct in saying like, this is a, a good moment for him going forward. Like that, that quote sticks out to me. I think that was a good moment for him going forward. You know, and when he said in the locker room that he was, I don't want to have to do that. Josh is like, no, like, yes, do that. When we need it, you do it. And I think, I think these moments for him challenging players, that's the silver lining in all this. If the Celtics are out there putting their worst habits on display and Ime is taking this opportunity like to challenge them and they break those habits, then to me, if, if at some point they find the consistency and they start breaking those habits and we say, hey, you know what? They haven't had a quarter where they just let up. They might lose quarters. They might, sometimes they might lose them badly because the other team is, you know, they're on the floor too and deserve credit. But if they're out there generally putting forth the effort and we say, oh, you know, we haven't seen this we haven't seen that bad habit in a while, then, then this is it. This is, this means it was worth it. The opportunity for Ime to get out there and, and challenge these guys, those are super important. And I hope, I hope what Richardson said actually carries some weight and, and it follows that it follows the Idoka and the team moving forward. A couple of other notes here real quick. Josh Richardson was awesome. 
He's hit 16 three-pointers in seven games in December. That has doubled his total uh, three-pointers made. He was 16 of 32 in December. He had hit 16 in October and November, uh, 15 games there. So in seven games, he's doubled his three-pointers made. He is shooting 40.5% from three this season now, 50% from three in December. So he has figured some things out. That is huge. That is huge development for the Celtics. Now it's looking more like before we were thinking, oh, geez, we got we got Dallas uh, Richardson in here. We got Philly Richardson in here. Now it's, oh, maybe we got Miami Richardson. Maybe we got better than Miami Richardson. And I don't know how this is going to look a, a month from now or, or whatever, but the trend is up. And if Richardson can kind of be this guy moving forward, this could be a key player that the Celtics keep around for the flyer. Wancho didn't work out. Maybe Richardson's a guy that works out and you keep him. Now you've already extended him for next season. So you have him for next season. They could trade him. This could just simply be, Hey, look at this trade value that he's got. Certainly possible. But if, and if that's the case, then great. Then that could be even better depending on, on what the trade is. Not that I'm trying to shuttle Richardson out already. I'm not. The Celtics could keep him and keep him for a couple of years, or they could keep somebody else and say, oh, well, Richardson was kind of still new here. We can move him out. But anyway, Richardson's playing great. Uh, shout out to Kemba, who had this, uh, who had a great game, uh, but he fouled out on the weirdest sequence that I've seen. Evan Fournier is, you know, he turns an ankle on a jump shot, stays down, then gets up and starts hopping his way back down, and it's a close game. Kemba says he heard people say foul, 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 so he fouls uh, whoever it was with the ball. Turns out that that was his sixth foul. No one seemed to be aware that he had five fouls. When they called it on Kemba, you could see uh, Tom Thibodeau kind of groan, and and Kemba's like dejected. He walks off, so he kind of got suckered into having to foul to stop the game because Fournier was hurt, and then Fournier stays in the game. So they fouled out for nothing. Wild, just madness. But good to see Kemba feeling good again. Uh, Adam Himmelsbach had a great tweet where he said Kemba was getting revenge on on two teams with that performance because he'd been out of the rotation with the Knicks. So good for Kemba. I hope hopefully that means something moving forward. All right, up next, I will get Serena Winters from the Locked On Sixers podcast on to talk a little bit about. A game that may or may not happen, Celtics-Sixers on Monday night. I think it's going to happen, but we're going to talk about it next. First, Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. And if you haven't grabbed some Built Bars, maybe you can get a rush shipment from Built Bar. If you go to Built.com, you can get 15% off at Built.com. Or just grab some and you know celebrate the holidays later. You can have them for New Year's Eve, whatever. But they're delicious. If you get some, if they're on your way, if they're on the way, you can use them as stocking stuffers. They give you that extra fuel to get through the final stages of your Christmas shopping, your holiday shopping, uh, your holiday returns. If they come after Christmas, you're going to need that energy no matter what. Taking down the tree, uh, all this cleaning up after dinner, all of that. So check out Built Bar. Uh, They are fantastic. There's big sales. There was just a factory second sale. Same delicious Built Bars, maybe a little... You know, the machine kind of messed up on uh, on the aesthetics of it. You get a big discount on that. But you always get a discount when you use Locked15 for 15% off 
your next order every single time. Every single time. Lock 15 gets you 15% off at Built.com. Bet Online has you covered all season long. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Football season is starting to wind down and head into the playoffs. So Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action. You can head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile site. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On to get that bonus. So whatever sport you love, basketball, football, hockey, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games are all there. So head on over to Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. All right, Serena Winters, new host of Locked On Sixers. First of all, welcome to the network. Love having you on here. This is great. This is great. Glad to be here, especially talking with a uh, Celtics podcaster <laughs> with the Sixers playing the Celtics. And, you know, we've got a little bit of history back and forth. Yeah, Just a little, little bit. A little bit. My, I, I've said this to, uh, I think I've said this on the podcast a couple of times. My favorite setting to watch a game is Celtic Sixers in Philly because the hate is so strong. And it's like just feeling like I being in that building is palpable. Like Sixers fans hate the Celtics so much. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like it's, it really is. Like it, it does rival to me the garden because everybody's supposed to be at, you know, cheer for the Celtics in the garden. It's hearing that just vitriol pouring out of, out of the fans in Philly. I'm like, this is such a great environment. Um, so, but, uh, I have to wait for that one. This game is supposed to be, supposed to be. Supposed to be. We will see. Monday night. Uh, at this rate, I think you and I are going to be jumping center. Uh, <laughs> they don't want that. No, nobody wants that. Want that. But, no. uh, but that we're, we're like close to that. The Celtics just added a seventh, an eighth person. To you guys have eight now. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm sorry, seven. Grant, okay. Broderick Thomas, Josh Richardson's in, Jabari, two. Yeah, it's seven now. Plus three questionables. So the Celtics might not have a, a roster, uh, a team. Uh, what? Are, how are the Sixers looking? You know, the Sixers are looking kind of like the Celtics are at the moment. Um, Shake Milton, Andre Drummond are both in health and safety protocols. They're the sixth and seventh players now to have entered health and safety protocols at some point for the Sixers. But on top of that, injuries-wise, you have Joel Embiid, who was questionable with ankle soreness. Tyrese Maxey has this quad contusion. He didn't play against Brooklyn. He was questionable. Danny Green has this hip soreness, questionable. Then you've got George Niang in health and safety protocols. And they have Furkan Korkmaz, who is in has an illness, but it's supposedly a non-COVID illness. And then the other issue for the Sixers, John, is that because there's G League guys, I don't know if you guys are dealing with this, that are in the G League showcase down in Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, they couldn't bring anybody up for Sunday night's game. Uh, so maybe some of those guys get on a PJ, like Paul Reed, you know, and some of the G League guys, and right. get there in time for Boston. Um, but what about, do you guys think that you'll be able to play on Monday night? I, I think so because they'll, I think, I think Tatum's just on there because of whatever. Um, it's a left ankle sprain. They say I, he, he finished the game. He looked fine. 
Schroeder has a non in, non COVID illness that kept him out. I think by upgrading him to questionable, I think he's probably going to play. And Langford got elbowed on top of the head, and, and it became neck soreness. So I think he's going to. I don't know. I don't know what to think about him. If he's out, that's eight, and that leaves nine, and so that's enough. It's enough. But, all you need is eight. All you, all need, you is need is eight. eight. I remember uh, when the Sixers had seven last year for one game, but they did not postpone the game because the reason they had seven was because Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons both didn't play, but they were not on the injury report. So the league ended up fining them because they did not have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on the injury report. And they had Mike Scott injured on the bench, but made him their eighth. And that was how they were able to play. Right. So that was a weird game scenario last year. <laughs> this is this is so weird. And like the Sixers, I mean, here, here are the Sixers. This is a this is a big season for the Sixers. This is supposed to be like everybody at preseason said, okay, it's going to be Philly, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn as your top three, anointed top three. And now, uh, not so much. So what's, what's the feeling in Philly? I mean, you're right there, 15 and 15 with the Celtics. They're tied now. Uh, Celtics got that win against Philly before. G- give us the, the Philly perspective here of like, what, what's, what's the vibe, I guess? The vibe is that Joel needs help. The vibe is that this Sixers team as constructed is not good enough in that until a trade is made for Ben Simmons – what we're seeing with the Sixers right now is who this team is. And frankly, it's just not talented enough to go through the expectations that are currently on this team. And I think, you know, you watch the team and you're just, you just keep getting reminded that the Sixers need to make a trade because Joel cannot do it all. I mean, this is a team where you've got one of the best big men in the NBA and they're literally sitting last in rebounding. Like literally you, right. you would, would you ever think that a team with Joel Embiid would be dead last in rebounding? You know, this is a team that's dead last in pace because they used to have Ben Simmons running up and down the floor. I mean, it's just, it's just not enough talent right now, John. Yeah. And, and you know, I look at, I look at the Sixers and I, I, I'm like everybody else. I wonder what's going on with the Simmons thing. And I wonder if, if Daryl Morey is, is doing the right thing. Um, holding out the way he has. Um, I, I don't know if that's like, I thought maybe it might galvanize the team, but then he came back and, and I, I really think that he's trying to torpedo what the, the, the team and, and trying to force, force their hand. Um, but I think this is taking a toll. I mean, is, is this taking a toll on Joel Embiid? Because he came in thinking like, you know, he wanted to be an MVP and, and, and play all these games. It felt like, and then all of a sudden it's, it's become very clear that they, you cannot, push him too hard. I mean, all I can say is that if I were in Joel Embiid's shoes, if I were him, it would take a toll on me because this is a guy who I would expect comes into the season thinking that this can potentially be a year that they win, especially after how they got bounced out in game seven against Atlanta this year. They came out th- last year. They came out this year, thought they'd have something to really prove. And Joel, who knows how many years he has left. We all know the injury history, and we all know that every year the Sixers are going to have to deal with injuries for him. So, you know, I can't tell you how he feels. I can tell you how I would feel if I were in his position, and that would be me being frustrated. But, John, I'm curious with Boston on your side of things as well, how, what has the vibe been around the Celtics? You know, it's funny. From the outside, I think there, there's a lot of frustration from fans. I think on the inside, there's, there's not quite that level of frustration. Um, you know, you've got Ime Udoka coming in. 
and, and, and trying to change a lot. And he's trying to change a lot of habits. And we saw it in that last game against the Knicks where things seemed to be going great. And then in the third quarter, they fell apart. They relax. They get lazy. They, they, don't, they don't follow through. They don't really put together full, consistent games as often as they should. And I think Ime gets frustrated. And he, you know, the story coming out of that game is that he, he lit into the team during one timeout. And that was kind of like the catalyst. And, you know, Josh Richardson afterwards was saying, like, he said in the locker room, hey, I don't want to have to do that all the time. And Josh was like, no, we needed that. And that's almost like a flashpoint for for the Celtics there. Uh, Ime is trying to change some real bad habits about relaxing and feeling good about themselves. And he says things like they're getting too cute. So I, I I think it's going better than it has earlier this season, but he's trying to teach them a new defense. He's trying to teach them, you know, how to, to, uh, how he wants the offense to, to run and pop like the old San Antonio Spurs days, like the golden state warriors do to an extent. So he's, he's got a lot on his plate. And I think Celtics fans are frustrated because you, you think, Hey, new coach, new attitude, let's go. You want immediate, uh, results. And, and he's, he's playing a long game and you're trying to get Jason Tatum to be, a facilitator and a guy who makes his teammates better. And it, it's it's not happening overnight. And, and I think the Celtics have a good perspective. The team seems to have a good perspective. But outside, you know, the, the noise from the outside is certainly loud. Um let's let's look at what 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 do the Sixers need? You know, it's 30 games in. We're, you know, more than a third of the way through here. What do the Sixers just need to do to get back on track? I mean, I just told you. They need to trade. I mean, they can get back on track and win some games um, as simple as coming out and and just playing with more competitive fire. I mean, the problem is, is you're playing against the past few teams that have been completely ravaged by COVID. Like their last game against the Nets. I get it. They have Kevin Durant arguably the best player in the NBA, and he's going to get his own. But the Sixers, the first half, didn't even look competitive out there. And that part of it is disheartening. I mean, transition defense, something as simple as getting back. Like, I'm not talking about Ime Udoka defensive schemes and changing the defense of the Sixers. I'm just talking about getting back on defense, right? Those types of things. But at the same time, John, this team has had so many injuries and health and safety protocols. It's also like, what do these rotations even look like? Like, what does this team even look like? Um, So it's... It's just a really, really weird season so far, John. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to do this crossover because I thought we were gonna, you know, have a game to talk about. And we're we're both our teams are in such disarray. Like I know. It, it's so it's so like I, I, I thought Celtics Sixers was gonna be like three, four C exactly. like, like this is supposed to be a battle. And this is just like a battle now to just can can so can one of us get on track? Like this is the battle of somebody please do something. You know, right. poke, poke them with a stick. Do something. At the end of the day, you know, one of one of us will write, or one of the writers will write, this team X. I don't know if it's the Sixers or the Celtics. This team gets back on track against yeah. the Celtics or against the Sixers, right? Like yeah. that's going to be the storyline of Monday night if the teams get to play. We'll see. Uh, obviously, we'll be listening to Lockdown Sixers, Lockdown Sixers, Lockdown Celtics for a reaction to the game that may or may not be playing. <laughs> Serena, thank you for hopping out for a couple minutes. 
Of course, maybe next time we will actually talk about two teams that are really battling and have their guys. <laughs> I hope we can talk basketball next time, I like actual so. basketball. I hope so. <laughs> Thank you, Serena Winters, for jumping on for a few minutes. Follow Serena on Twitter. You can check out the Locked On Sixers podcast to get your pregame, your postgame, your whatever. She's doing a great job over there at Locked On Sixers. Uh, thank you to you for watching or listening. If you are not a subscriber, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are a subscriber, then I will ask you to please share the podcast, spread the word, tell your family, tell your friends that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.